sixth edition of the Nigerian International Film and TV Summit is here, with the primary aim to promoting business during conversations, meetings, opportunities, and challenges revolving around the business of film and television in Nigeria. The summit is open to local and international distributors, buyers, and film investors, with a core focus of promoting the fast-rising local Nollywood film industry as it evolves to meet the international product standards, theme, streaming wars, the implication and future of content monetization for the film and TV content. Date, 29th August to 1st September at the Radisson and Radisson Blue Hotel Lagos and 6th to 7th November in Los Angeles during the American film market. Join us for three days of high-level business conversations, networking events, and as we welcome a delegation of film professionals from United Kingdom as country of own. Register today at www.nifsummit.com slash register. Follow on Instagram as NIF Summit and on Facebook slash Nigerian International Film Summit. This event is supported by... Hello, my name is Justin Chinyere. I'm an actor and presenter who likes to dabble in the world of production too. And most of all, I love cinema, which is why I've got one of the best jobs in the world, which is being Buff Festival Director, which means I get to watch hundreds and hundreds of films from the comfort of my own home. Isn't that cool? Then when the team of jurors and myself have made a selection, we get to screen them in front of an audience for a whole week of the whole festival. The reason I'm so passionate about movies is because when I watch them, I know that I'm watching stories that we all want to see. I get excited knowing that audiences will be watching stories that we all want to see. And yet with every passing year, I ask myself, what other stories do I want to see? And I'm sure the audiences out there are asking the same thing. If you're a writer or a director and you've got a story that we all want to see, imagine how passionate I'll be to see it. Imagine how excited audiences will be to watch it. Buff is expecting your entry soon so get in touch today via the submissions page on our website. Once again, from Screen Lately headquarters in central London, we are back. This is Emmanuel Anyamasigwe, and it's great to have your company once more as we bring you the first in a brand new series of Screen Lately specials. Now, there's been a few changes made to the Screen Lately show during the off-season, and we hope you like them, as we're now ready to go again with more of the interviews you love from more of the biggest movers and shakers in the film and TV world. Now, last season, myself and my other half, otherwise known as Claire Anyamusigwe, brought you interviews with multiple BAFTA winners and Oscar winners in the form of Morgan Freeman notes. In the next half hour, we'll be bringing you interviews from Hollywood producer extraordinaire Will Packer, who's had a packed year, to say the least. He sat down with me in London to talk about his latest box office offering in the form of Beast, starring Idris Elba who you'll be seeing a lot of over the coming weeks, as not only does Mr. Elba have a film out this weekend, he has another one out next weekend in the form of 3,000 Years of Longing, in which he co-stars with Tilda Swinton. Also in London to promote the UK release of Beast, 
was director Balthazar Kormaker, and I sat down with him to find out more about his passion for filmmaking, which comes through in abundance over the course of our interview. This is the show where Black Lives Matter, not just on screen, but off screen as well. So let's get started then with the Screen Lately Specials. The Screen Lately Show is brought to you by everydayofthewig.com. Go online for choices galore and more. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go out. Wait, Mayor, please! No, just please, say, Mayor! Say, please! Say, please! It's okay! Hey, man. You up here? Huh? Mud! Okay, Will, um, last time I checked, you've been credited 35 times as a producer, Ooh, an executive producer. What? That's insane. I know. That's crazy. But you've never directed a film. No. Why? No desire to do that. It's a totally different skill set. You know, like, directors, um, they have to be attuned, in tune to the minutia, and I, I am admittedly more of a macro thinker. Um, I am a creative producer, so I definitely get in the weeds when it comes to the script and the narrative and the process, but I like supporting my creative visionary, my directors. So everybody knows producers are the real talent anyway. You know, you know, why would I? <laughs> I'm a producer as well, so I, yeah, see, I, you know. I, yeah, indeed. <laughs> but you have done two cameos, so you're, you're not a dab hand as, a, as an actor. Now, no, I'll get in there. I'm not, I'm not shy. <laughs> that is true. I will find my way in front of the lens every now and then. So with regards to directing, how, how did the opportunity come about to work with Balthazar? You know, we had this film, right? And it, uh, we knew we wanted to feel very visceral and very experiential. And, you know, I, Idris was one of the first people I called, even before Balthazar was on board, because he's a frequent collaborator of mine. I knew I wanted him. And once he said yes, he was on board. Now I had an element that I needed to augment with a director who understood that this is the type of movie that can be super cheesy. It can be really derivative, you know, not take itself seriously. Or it can be something that has some real stakes, some real gravitas, um, and, and, and feels experiential. And Baltazar, without a doubt, he obviously has done these types of movies before. Um, he's very good with kind of the muscular, you know, man in peril, you know, survival thriller. He's really good with that. But he's also really good at, at character. And I think that him understanding the elements that you need to make something like this entertaining, but also to give it the depth and the nuance with the characters, he does that well and he did it and accomplished it. And it's one of the reasons the film works. Now, you mentioned Idris there, who you've collaborated with on six other films. Six movies, yes. And they've all gone to number one at the box office. Well, out of the weekend. five so far, three. Yeah. Three. Yeah, out of the five we released, three. This is our sixth one, yes. I carry the guy. I just, you know, I wish he could do something on his own. It's just, whatever. <laughs> it's the burden. It's what I have to do. I just, I take, you're welcome, Idris, and, and you're welcome, world. I do what I can. So, 17 years you've worked with 
Um, Has it been that long? 2005. You are dropping stats today. You're dropping stuff that I didn't that's even know. That's what I'm known for in that, the UK. I, I like I'm it. the stats man. I like it. Uh, wow, that's a long time. I've known my brother for a very long time. I didn't know it had been that long. That's what, almost two decades. What's the secret to such a successful partnership? You know, we trust each other. We really do. Um, I really think he's just he's one of the best in the game. I really do. Um, as, as, as much acclaim uh, and hype and awareness that he has, I think he's still underrated. I really do. And um, I think he's very careful about the movies he chooses, the roles that he chooses. I think that's very smart. Um, and, you know, he and I, we've got a shorthand that we've developed over the years. He knows I don't call him unless I'm really excited. Like, I don't call him unless I think I have something that's worth the conversation because I know, you know, how much stuff uh, comes before him and, 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 and he gets offered. Um, and he can be very discerning about the roles that he chooses at this stage in his career. Um, and I think we both kind of have a similar sensibility. You know, we, we like movies like this that have a commercial aspect to them, but also we want to make sure that it's got some depth to it. And so, you know, at its heart, this movie is about a dad and his daughters. It's really about a family in peril. And they're in peril because of the internal dynamics of their family long before they ever are face to face with this man-eating lion. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but with regards to females, obviously yeah. um, the two daughters yeah. play a big presence in the film. Yes. And throughout your career, black females have been front and centre, yes. on screen and behind the screen. For sure. Why is that important to you? Uh, because we don't see enough of it. Because, you know, uh, as an industry, Hollywood has, has, has had a dearth of, of imagery that's well-rounded when it comes to, you know, black people in general and certainly black females. And I'm somebody that one of the reasons I'm in the position that I'm in and I'm in the chair that I sit is so that I can put images out there that we haven't seen. And it doesn't mean they're going to be all positive or all negative. The point is they should be well-rounded. We should be able to see people the way they really are in the world. And audiences, by and large, globally are much more um, uh, open to authentic portrayals of characters independent of race and ethnicity and orientation. They just want real characters. They just want real stories. And they want stories that feel authentic and organic. And so this movie happens to be told through the lens of a black father with his two black daughters. But it's not exclusive in any way, right? But it's universal in terms of what they're dealing with and what they go through. So that's important to me and it's, it's something I take very seriously in terms of my position and the power of putting imagery on screen. And I'm proud of that with a film like this, for sure. Now, you've been at this for close to 30 years. What, what do you say to people who say that black films don't sell and you've grossed over a billion dollars with all the films that you've done? What do you say to those that have these continued lazy assumptions? I'd say a billion dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> That's what I'd say. I'd say yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, you can keep making those assumptions, but, uh, you know, you'd be wrong and I'd be right. You know, listen, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, there still is a lot of misconceptions about, you know, films that have black leads, right? This film has a black man at the center of it. Is it a black film, though? You know, I feel like that's, you know, um, it's shelling the film short just to kind of put it in that type of box. Now, I love the fact that it's Idris Elba, and I love the fact that he's got his two daughters in the film, but it's very much a universal, fun popcorn movie, survival, man versus beast. It's got something to say, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. And so for me, that's the type of film that people can enjoy 
independent of who's in it. But just the fact that it happens to star somebody that looks like me, that's not a bad thing, certainly. And so we've shown that at the end of the day, um, it is the green is the color that really matters in my industry. Indeed. That's just the reality Indeed. of it. And I understand that. And, and I've had you know some success and been very fortunate. Um, and I love to do that while showing the power at the box office of films that happen to have people of color in them. And I'm proud of that fact. I've got another stat for you. Now, I don't know how much you're aware of black British cinema and kind of the filmmakers, the talent that we have in the UK. But if I was to say to you that you know for 120 years, there's only been six black British female directors that have released a film theatrically. What would you say to them? Worldwide or in Britain In the UK. In the UK. So out of all the films, only six black female directors. That have released a film in cinemas. In There's only theaters. been six. I think we got a long way to go. That's what I would say. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's surprising because I work in the industry. So I know how difficult it is, especially for diverse voices to break through, have their stories heard. Um, and, you know, there are not enough Will Packers out there, and there should be more, who can then hire black females who have stories to tell. The more that we're telling stories from people that haven't had their stories told before, the better the stories are going to be, period. The better the storytelling is going to be, the more competition we'll have. And competition begets higher quality. It just, you know, it's a fact. So um, I, I, I hope that we can do more, especially in the UK, where I know there's not the same access to some of the Hollywood financing and, and distribution and platforms that we have in the States, um, but the struggle is still the same. And that is about getting underserved voices, giving them an opportunity to tell their stories. Humble brag, my wife is one of those six directors. Ah, I knew we were going somewhere <laughs> with this. I knew. Okay, what's her name? You her name's tell me. Claire. Okay. Anya Musigwe, and she directed a film called No Shade. Okay. In 2018. Congratulations, I'm going to give it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and just finally, um, for people that want to be continually surprised by your career and your prominence, what 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 what's next for you in terms of what you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Yeah. You know, one of the things I like about Beast is it's a genre I hadn't done. I like, you know, survival thrillers. I love that, that man versus beast, you know, whether it's... Um, Jaws or Cujo or Shallows or um, or Jurassic Park even, right? I like those types of movies. For me... Um, Jurassic Park was in the film. I saw... Did you the, catch that t-shirt? T -shirt? I did. Yeah. I'm a geek. Is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We slid that in there. <laughs> um, so, you know what? I haven't done sci-fi yet. And I'm a sci-fi fan. Yeah, so I'd say be on the lookout for that. Um, Black Panther type sci-fi... It could well, be, yeah. could be, yeah. Um, you know, I, what do you I'm, think about the prominence of those films now that are coming out? Not just Black Panther, but there's other films that kind of touch on ancestry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, and and also it's interesting going back to to like ancestry when you talk about Africa and the motherland, but also Afrofuturism. Like, I, I like it. I like it all. I, um, you know, there was a series um, called Lovecraft's Country that was on HBO, and obviously Black Panther, and there are others that are in the works. Um, I like that. I like it. For me, it's about the genre and then figuring out how you tell an authentic story within the genre. That's kind of my approach. And TV? And you have, sorry, oh. I'll try to write you up. Oh, is that the next thing? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Say, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Oh, say goodbye. Yeah. Can I get a picture? It's, it's up to Will. Um, do you mind? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, well then do a, end your program quickly, though. Yeah, give us weird. a conclusion. Yeah, do a yes. Will, it's yes. been a pleasure to speak with you. We Pleasures. could go on forever. But of course we could. 
The thanks. pleasure is all mine. Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure to meet no, you. Thanks for your time. Yes. Yeah, right. You would go on forever if I was here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look out the window. Welcome to my party, guys. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Thank you so much for having us. This is my chance to reconnect with the girls. I can see all Did mom shoot some of these? This little bump right here? That's you. I still miss her every day. There's something crossing up ahead. Keep the girls in the car. Stay in the car, okay? Just stay in the car. What happened? Diabolo? Okay, what's he saying? Diabolo means devil. I've never seen anything like this. Multiple attacks without eating its prey. Lions don't do that. At least no lion I've ever seen. Shh. Go back to the calls. Great to meet you. Like you too. Um, so, Beast, big summer film. Um, obviously, pre-pandemic, summer was all about big movies, blockbusters. How does it feel for Beast to have that all by itself? Uh, I am not a part of that, to be honest. I just make a film and the <laughs> studio decides when to release it, you know. And and I didn't make it as a summer or anything. I just wanted to make that story and, 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 and make the best of it. So, but it's great that, you know, they're taking it out now and, and doing their best. So as a director, what, what does it mean to have a film that has box office appeal with someone like Idris Elba involved? Well, I think, you know, in the, you know if you're going to make films with a bigger budget, you need to have some appeal to, to the audience. It's not, it's not going to sustain itself. It's going to crumble and, and fall. So I, I think it needs to, it's a balance. But you're always trying to also push in to those movies, some of your personal elements and your shooting style, and, and trying to make it as uh, as uh, ambitious as you can under those circumstances. And I, I like that. I like, I love the fact that a lot of people see my movies. I come from the smaller, one of the smallest countries in the world, and uh, I didn't have that opportunity in the beginning. And and you you might be, it's three hundred sixty thousand people. It's just like like a little village outside here, you know, my, my country. So so having the opportunity to play on this bigger stage is, 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 a, is a great opportunity, and I really like that. Now, when I think of Iceland, I think of beautiful surroundings. So I guess when you were shooting Beast, it was almost like home from home, kind of like the whole yes. backdrop of South I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, it was absolutely 
loved shooting in Africa. South Africa is beautiful. Many places, not all of it, of course, but uh, incredible places. And, 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 and in some ways, yeah, the, the one of the reasons you like to take out the camera is because you want to have something to, to shoot. And, and of course, when you used to shoot something like Iceland, which is beautiful and, and very raw, though, and very real as a country, it's, it's not very lush. It's like black sands. And so, so yeah, it's kind of the contrast of that. You know, and I, I really, really love that. Uh, how did the opportunity come to work with Will Packer? Well, Will uh, approached me through Universal. I've worked with Universal on, uh, before, and, and I think through his, he probably have a better uh, story of it. But they, they contacted me, and I, you know, and I, I, I love the idea of working with someone like him. You know, and. and and of course, with Idris, and I thought also because this is about a black family going to Africa, it was, I needed the support of someone who knew the, that culture coming from America because it's an American family. So I think it was very important, you know, to, to and we had a really good relationship of talking about that, even to the, you know, how black women wear their hair, you know, which is obviously a big thing, much bigger than, than the white culture. So I think, you know, you have to be, when you take on such a, such a job, you have to be a little humble and, and know what you know and bring to the table what you have, and, but then have other people help you with, with, with what they know better. See, in many ways, that cultivated a greater kind of comfortability in terms of environment working against that context yeah yeah I think I think just you know it gives you security and and, and also also uh, uh, I just lo love the and just in in, in 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 every aspect of it you know like also being in Africa great crew very diverse you know both in in in, in gender and race you know and I, I just love that you know to be honest I come from one of the whitest countries in the world so <laughs> to be honest so it's it's a it's it's a, it's it was a great opportunity now, I'm sure you've been told that you should never work with children and animals. Yeah. And my understanding is you actually worked with a lion on set. Yeah, ish. Ish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the lion was, we didn't use it for any of, uh, it was for uh, references. And it was mostly my son who was in a cage shooting that lion because it wasn't, wasn't on the mess. So we would finish off with, with our things and then we would use, uh, we'd bring the lion on and and and, and uh, shoot it in the same environment to get the references right. Obviously, prior to Beast, a lot of your films kind of touch on nature and animals. Um, talk to me about your affinity with. Well, nature. I'm born, as I say, in a country where, where there's a volcano outside your your house blowing. You know, like it's been all year. We almost can see it from where I live, and and uh, and that's since I was a child and earthquakes and stuff. In my garden, there are about fifteen horses. You know, so so. So it's 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 just who I am, you know. I love animals. Uh, that's my connection. That's my my safe place to go to. And uh, and uh, you know, that few people in that big of a country gives you a great connection with nature. So I like people ask me this question when I was doing Everest. You know, how did you prepare? I said like walking to school. You know, since I was ten years old in a blizzard. You know, so so the, yeah, it's it's a part of who you are, and, I, and that's what you try to when you make a film. You try to put what's inside of you onto the screen so it, at least it has some authenticity and some, you know, if, you, know you give something that you, 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 you have. And I also feel like, you know, when I'm doing these Hollywood films, and I've just been honest, I, I'm not looking for making a political satire in the U.S., but when it comes to Beast or Everest or Adrift, I'm just as good as anyone because I know the world 
as well or better than a lot of the American colleagues. Sure. So that's maybe the process I also choose, that because I can I can give something to them that they might not. Yeah. And j- just lastly, you touched on authenticity there. Um, I must congratulate you because when I saw the scene, he it was taking on the line. It did remind me of the Revenant, and I know you said in previous interviews that you actually worked with someone on the Revenant to kind of recreate that scene. So. Well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't quite recreating. I, I talked to Inaritu and uh, just to get advice about, you know, uh, the, 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 this kind of an animal fight scene. So, so it was a reference between me and Idris. That's, that's the, the, the how, how real we want the lion to look, you know. And, of course, that's one attack in, a, in, in the movie. We have the lion going through the whole film. So, so that and that's where the real lion came in because you know, Inarito said to me like, if I would have had a beer on set, I would have really liked that, but I didn't. <laughs> so, so I called the studio back and says, well, you set me up with Inarito, now you need to bring me a lion to the set. So, so yes, yeah, so we did, we did, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was a, it was a point of reference rather than anything to 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 uh, uh, repeat because I, that's not also he is kind of. Uh, Paralyzed there, uh, he's not fighting back very much. He's trying. Yeah, she stabs him with a knife or something, I think, and then they fall down. But but I, for me, like the idea of the, I don't want to give too much away, but it's very clear he's not. Idris is not fighting the lion because he thinks he can win it. He's just trying to get you know to the result that we see later. And obviously, you, you talked about your son earlier. Family is important to you. Um, why why should families go out and see this film? Because it's a great, uh, you know, like a journey that this, a family takes on and there's a lot of family energy that people can connect with. And, and at the same time, it's not about some superhuman that it's about a real father, vulnerable and weak as we can be, and then having to step up and also working like an, like an organ. I love that part because the girls start, you know, start to also do things and, 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 and help. And, and they, they, from being all kind of torn apart, they actually come together through the challenges they, 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 they meet. And I think most families can recognize, can connect with that and recognize that. You know, we are maybe fighting or we're not in, in great, but when, when we are in peril, we are strong together, you know. Baltazar, great to meet you. Thank you. And many congratulations on Beast. Appreciate it. And that's all we have time for on this, our very first Screen Lately special podcast of the new season. Do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Email the show, news at screenlately.com or send us a tweet at screenlately. You can also leave comments on our Instagram page via the handle at screenlately. And whilst I've got your attention, do have a watch of our other interviews from previous editions of the Screen Lately show. You can find us on YouTube by typing in Screen Lately. It's as easy as that. Until the next Screen Lately special, bye for now. Hello, my name is Justin Chinyere. I'm an actor and presenter who likes to dabble in the world of production too. And most of all, I love cinema, which is why I've got one of the best jobs in the world, which is being Buff Festival Director, which means I get to watch hundreds and hundreds of films from the comfort of my own home. Isn't that cool? Then when the team of jurors and myself have made a selection, we get to screen them in front of an audience for a whole week of the whole festival. The reason I'm so passionate about movies is because when I watch them, I know that I'm watching stories that we all want to see. I get excited knowing that audiences will be watching stories that we all want to see. 
and yet with every passing year, I ask myself, what other stories do I want to see? And I'm sure the audiences out there are asking the same thing. If you're a writer or a director and you've got a story that we all want to see, imagine how passionate I'll be to see it. Imagine how excited audiences will be to watch it. Buff is expecting your entry soon, so get in touch today via the submissions page on our website. of the Nigerian International Film and TV Summit is here with the primary aim to promoting business-driven conversations, meetings, opportunities and challenges revolving around the business of film and television in Nigeria. The summit is open to local and international distributors, buyers and film investors with a core focus of promoting the fast-rising local Nollywood film industry as it evolves to meet the international product standards, theme, streaming wars, the implication and future of content monetization for the film and TV content. Date, 29th August to 1st September at the Radisson and Radisson Blue Hotel Lagos and 6th to 7th November in Los Angeles during the American film market. Join us for three days of high-level business conversations, networking events and as we welcome a delegation of film professionals from United Kingdom as country of all. Register today at www.nifsummit.com slash register. Follow on Instagram as NIF Summit and on Facebook slash Nigerian International Film Summit. This event is supported by...